Let us discuss those mother-loving semiconductor shortages, which are set to continue throughout 2022. <laughs> Just what we all wanted, I'm sure. So, what do you do if the car maker despecs the car which you have just ordered? Strips it like Tiffany on a Verve Clico bender in the presidential suite. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. For buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can just click the card that's always up there now, dude. But may not be standard today with strap on saxophone holder until further notice. Captain's log, star date 31415926538979323846. The car industry has pie on its face after blowing its business dealings so badly with computer chip manufacturers against the backdrop of the pandemic and dipshit bean-counter-driven supply chain vulnerability. Oops-a-daisy. Delays on new cars currently extend into wormholes and deep into the future. Blah, blah, blah. If you want a RAV4 hybrid and you order it today, for example, you probably will not take delivery until 2023. Oh, what a feeling. You have to ask yourself, is that overhyped Enviro moron appeasing shit heap actually, like, really still on sale? Other car makers have been quietly stripping the standard spec out of their cars, especially at the top of the range when they can't get the computer chips to drive coveted systems such as Coctronic Pro Plus or even auto wipers, whatever. How does this affect you and what should you do about it if you are buying a new car today? Hyundai Palisade Highlander just wanted to understand if we order one, will it come fully equipped as specified or with semiconductor shortage, are they also sending out cars with missing features? And if so, do we get notified prior and have option to accept or not? Or does our car just come out and we are stuck with it? A dude named Ben there yesterday using words to jam this point home like a deleted scene from Vikings. <laughs> I do like that. To whom I would retort, I haven't actually heard of any specific specification deficiency on Palisade, dude. But more broadly and irrespective of semiconductor shortages and car industry incompetence-driven tribulations generally, etc., there is a legislated consumer guarantee of acceptable quality here in Australia, and it is a specific piece of Australian consumer law which is kind of important in this context. You should actually go out and search ACCC Consumer Guarantees at the end of this report for more detail on all of that because it affects every transaction 
that you make as a consumer. But the important part here is where this legislation says products must be of acceptable quality, which means in part, products must match descriptions made by the salesperson on packaging and labels and in promotions or advertising and match any demonstration model or sample you asked for. Upliftingly enough, there's no COVID-19 or more broad car industry cockhead type exemption to complying with this legislated guarantee. It's absolutely not optional, okay? And therefore, a vehicle you buy today must be faithfully represented to you on the manufacturer's website, in the specifications, and in the brochure, etc. This is absolutely not optional, okay? Therefore, the vehicle cannot legally be sold to you if it includes some under-the-table specification deficiency of which you were not advised. This would be false, misleading, deceptive, etc. All those buzzwords which lawyers love so much. In fact, case in point, those incompetents at Ford Australia actually did that recently with the Mark I Mustang. <laughs> no comment on individuals is made in respect of this. I'm just talking about... Corporate collective incompetence here. And on this point, I would say, fuck lawyers to the moon, as the facially hirsute Isaac Butterfield would say so elegantly. Love your work, dude. This particular fumble with the Mark I, it cost Ford millions, okay? The Mark I was, of course, understandably popular with and hotly anticipated by, let's call them the uh, small courgette fraternity. Just Goldilocks for them. <laughs> Mostly this is thanks to its perceived compensatory potential down there, in Canberra, summer nats. Like, here we come, Floriad for bogans. Yes. Who doesn't want that? Unfortunately, senior executive product and communication hotshots at Ford Australia claimed in the official Mustang micro-courgette marketing material that the vehicle would come with a Torsen limited slip diff, LED fog lamps, rear parking sensors, Mark I mats and ambient lighting. <laughs> but it was sadly wonder bra on all of these counts. Go figure. Like, they had one job. Anyway, their bespoke floor mats in particular. So disappointing that Simo himself from the ACCC was forced to awaken briefly mid-hibernation. He hates that. We allege Ford made serious mistakes in its brochures outlining the features of the more expensive Mustang Mark I, resulting in false claims being made to consumers in breach of the Australian consumer law. One thing I've learned, right? He is always cranky, first thing. Anywho, there was a 53,000... <sighs> I love that. Got it! always kill something at least once a day to maintain operational proficiency. 
Where were we? $53,000 fine, which is kind of trivial in the corporate world, but Ford Schittsville also had to offer owners a full refund on that car or $5,400 in cash compensation, free services, ride in a race car, hot oil massage by a woman this time, plus sundry other egg-on-face public humiliations. The tar, the feathers, the mirth at boardroom expense, etc., totaling 2.4 million Schittsvillian micro-pesos. <laughs> so that's nice. And if they could have just, I don't know, blamed it all on COVID and gotten away with it, doubtless they would have. What I'm saying here, right, is that if there are any late-breaking specification changes to any car you buy or are in the process of buying, a car maker would have to advise you upfront pronto and offer you fair compensation, erring on the side of generosity or risk waking Simo up twice within a 12-month period. And he would be guaranteed to be really, really cranky in the case of that. They would want to advise you in writing also, so that you would be unable later to claim that they had not. Essentially, what I'm saying is that the current description on every car maker's website is required to represent faithfully the current specification of every car at every spec level in their inventory. If there is a sudden change, they'd have to advise you at the dealership before you sign a friggin' contract. The structural caveat on this is that they can't claim something is there when it is not. And this is not the same thing as advising you of an inherent equipment deficiency. So let's just drill down into that, shall we? For example, as a result of this COVID chip shortage fiasco, Kia did not put auto wipers on the current Carnival Platinum. And that's absolutely allowed. They never claimed that the vehicle had auto wipers. So that's hardly deceptive or misleading. Now, I get that you might expect auto wipers on a 75,000 buck people mover, and you might be somewhat disappointed that Carnival Platinum is not thus equipped. Just live with it. You might feel gutted or even cheated if you discover this after you buy it the first time it friggin' rains in your new Carnival Platinum because you suffer the indignity, that first world indignity of having to turn the friggin' wipers on with your actual fingers, which could be otherwise better devoted to adjusting Tiffany's fishnets or something. I don't know. But there's really no offence against consumer law here because they never claimed auto wipers were part of this vehicle's package. In fact, at the press conference, they specifically mentioned that they were unable to include auto wipers in the package because semiconductors. They probably had a meeting beforehand or something and just said, hmm, how would Ford handle this? Okay, perhaps we should just do the exact fucking opposite. That's probably what happened. The bottom line here is that car makers are not required to list equipment that is not there. That's on you, 
You need to do the research. There's no titanium friggin' teapot in the centre console and no Kevlar-reinforced blow-up pig in the cargo bay either. Damn it. I've always wanted one of those. I don't know why. This is an enduring problem with carmaker websites, which typically shout out quite loudly what their vehicles offer, but they are oddly silent on what they left out. And figuring that out, right, that's probably the hardest thing about getting to the bottom of comparative specifications between the models on any car buyer's new car shortlist. What I'm saying is, when you are researching a new car, learn to listen hard for what they don't mention in the website. Now, if for some reason you commit to buy a particular vehicle, right, like it's the one and the specification changes after you have a contract in place or the model you wanted ceases production before yours gets made, then they'd have to give you the option to refund your deposit or offer you some form of compensation if you wish to proceed and the spec was reduced, right? With a contract in place, the maximum exposure to risk for you as the purchaser is simply the value of the deposit. And if they can't supply exactly what you agreed upon in said contractual frigging document, then they kind of have to hand that deposit back. Okay, simple. The sales dudes are pretty coercive at dealerships at times, and they'll probably try to talk you into not doing that, putting your hand out and saying, deposit back, please. Like, that's their job. That's allowed. And you just have to decide whether to be swayed by this argument or not. Lastly, if the delivery time is long enough to whereby a new model is released, what happens if we get moved onto a new model with different price and features? Again, do we get told and have options to refuse, etc., and can they force us to pay more? I'd have to say that all kinds of spooky things have happened as a result of these chip shortage waiting periods, and it's been interesting in an abstract way to observe some of that from the sidelines. Like, we had a guy who bought a Triton, for example, and he hunkered down to wait the several months between paying the deposit and taking delivery, notionally, and, oh, fucking course, in the interim, that particular variant, which was a GLS manual, I think, but don't quote me on that. Anyway, Mitsubishi Motors just decided to stop making the Triton in a GLS manual inconveniently. The ensuing conversation with the dealership goes like, so do you want the auto or what? That'll be two and a half grand extra or whatever it was. Now, he was pissed off, understandably, I think. But at the same time, this is hardly the dealer's fault, right? Because dealers don't tell the factory what to continue or cease making and when to continue or cease making it, right? That's just not how this works. Our hero's variant simply got canned before its production was allocated. And the very clear options were, you can buy the auto or here's your deposit back, right? I think he secretly wanted the auto for no additional fee, which is kind of a nice fantasy, but not going to happen, especially in the current market with demand outstripping supply. Now, as a consequence of this interaction, he's never going to buy a Mitsubishi again. But, you know, dealers tend to have pretty thick skin on that score, seeing as they get told that on a regular basis.
And look, in the case of price changes or specification changes or new models coming to light during the waiting period, model upgrades in the midlife, whatever, they'd have to put terms covering that in the contract and you'd have to agree by signing it. Okay, so in essence, that kind of becomes a contractual issue, which is best discussed with your lawyer, with your particular contract in hand, right? In practice, what usually happens with things like midlife makeovers or new models is that they add sundry spec, like the upgrade gets better, it typically doesn't get worse. They put in that titanium teapot, that inflatable pig you've always wanted, whatever, and they bump the price up a little accordingly, right? And if you don't want that, you can probably back out with your deposit refunded and back in your hand, but read the friggin' contract, dude, and don't agree to unreasonable terms. That's always good advice for all contracts. In my view, you'd be nuts to sign a contract in which you agree to buy any vehicle for a non-specific price. Like, the fundamentals of contracts are, what am I buying and what am I paying for it and when is this going to happen? And if they put terms like that in your proposed contract, at the very least, discuss it with your lawyer before signing, right? Essentially, what you want to ensure is that if the deal becomes unpalatable for whatever reason, you get your deposit back without having to chamber around in the bat pumpy and walk into the showroom floor with a certain vengeful gleam in your friggin' eye. And despite the coercive sales practices of some dealers, there's actually no imperative to sign any contract on the spot in the heat of the moment. They want you to do that so that they can get your commitment before you walk out and have a proper think about it, but that's not necessarily in your best interest, is it? You are absolutely allowed to walk away with an unsigned contract as a proposal and consider it, seek advice on it, etc. Do not let the dealership pressure you on this because doing that is completely unreasonable. And I'd suggest just remember the golden rules, dude. Like, you've got the gold, so you make the rules. And just to protect yourself, okay, screenshot or otherwise capture and archive the official web pages which detail the vehicle that you are actually buying. Download the specs on the day, grab the brochure, all of that stuff, and store it all in a safe place. Like, this is insurance, right? And the best time to put on the vest is obviously before there are rounds in the air going downrange, right? If you bother to do this, and it's going to take you all of half an hour, so it's hardly an imposition... If there is any discrepancy down the track which you discover, you'll have evidence. And that's going to be kind of important because the burden of proving this, that's going to be on you.